Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to episode 109 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton. This episode is the second last one in our Vibrant Music Studio 101 series, and this building block is called Relevant. Welcome back, beautiful teachers. Just a quick note that if this is your first episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast, it's not a great starting point. I would recommend that you go back and start at 101, vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 101, because that was the start of this particular set of 10 episodes, which are about foundational teaching skills and business skills that every teacher should have. If you're following along with me, let's keep it up. We've two episodes left. This is the penultimate episode in this series, and it's about being relevant. Specifically here, I'm talking about relevant repertoire, relevant pieces. What does it mean to choose music, to find music, to include music that is relevant to your students? We talked last week about having a wide variety of genres, and that's extremely important. But I only briefly touched on student choice because I wanted to save a whole little bite-sized episode about that. Making things relevant to students and letting them choose their repertoire. How much is too much choice? How much is too self-guided, student-led? And where do we strike that balance there? Because the music has to feel relevant to them. That's what we're all here for. It's one of those things that it's easy to lose sight of, like the relationships that we talked about in an earlier episode. We can't let ourselves get so caught up in the education, in the pedagogy, in the business, that we forget about the purpose of the whole thing. Learning music. That's why they're there. They're supposed to be learning to play music. And ideally, music that they love, right? They don't have to love it right away every time, but they are there to learn to play something. That's the whole point. What I think we need to do here is we need to look at this in a two-pronged approach, two sides to this. We need to look at making repertoire relevant, and we need to look at choosing relevant repertoire. And if you're like, what? Don't worry, let's break that down. So the first part is making repertoire relevant. This is one of our duties as teachers. We need to expose our students to a wide range of music because they don't know what they don't know. We don't want to let them pigeonhole themselves, block themselves into a corner 
and only be thinking about one genre of music when there's such a wide world of music out there. I don't think of myself as someone who listens to one particular type, and I don't know many musicians who do, actually. Once you fully appreciate music, you can appreciate almost all types, right? You might have one or two that you don't particularly love. I don't love listening to heavy metal, but actually, I could appreciate small portions of that, even that genre. So, we have a duty to expose our students to a wide range of music, especially the younger students. And that's not because we don't have the same responsibility for older students, but it's just because if we try and impose, you know, a wider range of music on older students, it can come across as a bit patronizing or like we're not taking their goals seriously. The younger you go, the more opportunity you have for developing a sensibility for all different types of music in your student. And I believe you should take that opportunity. You want to cultivate a relationship that makes them trust you when you say something might grow on them. So you want your students to have such a good relationship with you and that you have a balanced approach to their repertoire such that when you say, I know you don't love this piece right now, but will you stick with it for two weeks and we'll see if it grows on you? If you have a good enough relationship and a good balance in the way you choose repertoire, that is going to be possible and it'll work. You know, some of those pieces become your students' favorites. But you do have to be careful with that approach and not play that card too often or you'll overdo it. There's only so far you can take that that it's not going to come across as insincere in terms of how you view your students' opinions, right? Because they have opinions and they are valid. So that's one portion of it is, is that sort of extreme of, I know you don't love this, but will you try it? At the same time as that, we need to be cultivating this in a more general way, providing listening opportunities for them and providing diverse repertoire right from the start. So when you're listening to music together, make sure to give them a listening frame or a position so that they have something to listen out for, so that they can appreciate and hear what you hear in that music. Never play something for your student without first giving them a position to listen to it from. I talk about this in episode 99, and that's based on a great TED talk, so refer to both of those if you're interested in this idea of listening positions. But it's basically about giving students something to listen for. So at the same time as making repertoire relevant, exposing students to a wide variety of genres, making them trust you enough that they will try things that maybe are slightly outside of their comfort zone or their listening comfort zone, At the same time as that, we have to choose relevant repertoire too. So the younger students are, it will tend to sway more towards making repertoire relevant, as in broadening things. The older they are, the more you have to choose relevant repertoire. But for whatever age they are, there should be a mixture of those two sides of things. So what do I mean by choosing relevant repertoire? For me, this means Finding out what they want and what they like, what their opinions are, what their preferences are, right at the outset. And again, if they're an adult student, this is even more vitally important. Find out what they want. Some adults will come to me and they'll say, 
say, is there anything in particular you want to learn? Do you have specific goals? And they'll say, I don't know. I just thought it'd be a fun hobby. And if they say that, either they don't want to tell me because they don't trust me enough to tell me that they want to learn Fur Elise or Metallica or something yet, or they genuinely don't know and they want me to guide their journey and that's fine with me. But other adults will have a specific goal and you need to treat that as your utmost priority, especially in the beginning. So in that kind of a case, you're doing less of the, much less of the making repertoire relevant bit, the exposing them to other stuff outside of what they currently appreciate, and much more choosing relevant repertoire for them and basing it around their tastes. And then you can start to tip the scales back the other way as you develop that relationship and develop their skills. Even if they don't give you an answer at first, check in regularly. Again, especially with adults and teen students. Ask them again and again. It doesn't have to be a big ask. You don't have to insist. You don't have to push it. But do bring it up on a regular basis. Make a point of doing so. Because even if they were silent at first, like I said at the start, that adult student says straight away, oh, I don't know they might just not want to tell me yet. Or they might not have thought of it yet, but actually they would love to learn X. So make sure you're checking in regularly so you don't have a student who's afraid to tell you about something or who doesn't think they have the opportunity that thinks that you have such a clear plan that they shouldn't interrupt it, you know? And even if they don't ever give you an answer to those questions, As you move forward, provide more and more choice, as we talked about in the last episode. Give YouTube links or listening links more and more as they progress through their studies and as they age. Both factors are relevant here. So as they get older or as they progress further in their studies, they should be making more of the choices themselves, even if they don't seem to have strong opinions. You need to send them different options and say, pick one. And, you know, even if they don't seem to have a strong preference, it'll get stronger with time. I've had students who are very reluctant to even choose between a couple of different pieces and said, oh, I don't know, oh, I guess that one. But if I keep doing that over time, they'll have stronger opinions. They'll they'll say, oh, definitely that one I like, that it's faster paced, or I like that it's more different to what we did before, or that it's like this other piece that I love to play, you'll start to get to know them and their musical taste and what they're after. And you can broaden things at the same time, but you need to know what people actually want, what they love to play, because we need to develop that further. So with that in mind, I'd love to hear what your students want to learn right now. What is relevant to them right now? It might be some YouTube fad video. It might be a song from a particular film that is all the rage right now or you know it can be totally random there can be like a Beatles song featured in an ad and then everyone wants to learn it tell me what your students want to learn right now share it in the vibrant music studio teachers group on facebook or share it in the comments for the the show notes for this episode vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 109 so that i can hear about it because i'd love to hear what people in different parts of the world want to play And also so that other teachers can try it out with their students because we all have those students who just won't give us an opinion. And actually, if we find pieces like this that other students love, sometimes it can awaken something with them, really bring them to life 
and give them some great motivation in their lessons as well. So share those with us in the Facebook group or in the comments for this episode. I can't wait to see them and I'll chat to you next week. Bye for now. If you want the advice of the most supportive community of teachers on the planet when you're choosing repertoire for your students, then you should check out Vibrant Music Teaching. We have a great members-only Facebook group where all the best teachers hang out. Check it out, find out more about the resources available at vmt.ninja and I'll see you on the inside. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.